Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Liam, good morning, Lyle. How are you this morning? I am fantastic this morning. How are you? good to hear. I'm doing very well. That's great. And what are you thankful for this morning? Uh, This morning, I am thankful for my great uncle, Graham. I, uh, 12 years ago, he put together a family tree history book. Oh, wow. How far back does it go? It goes back uh, to seven, 1800s, I think. Okay. Early, early 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, and yesterday, for the first, uh, rather than just looking at the book, I actually read the book. And I learned uh, quite a bit about my family. That's super cool. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, my great uh, great, two times great grandfather. He was in World War One, um, and he hired my great grandfather, who then courted my great grandmother, who was you know it's, it goes my my great great grandfather, then my great grandmother, then my grandfather, then my mum, then me. So yeah, it was it was just yeah, it was just really interesting learning about how all the different things worked and. And what kind of nationalities have you got back there? I've got Irish and English and Scottish. Oh, okay. Yeah, so very British. Yeah, very British indeed. indeed. And um, what about, um, do you have any convict heritage there? I don't believe so. Uh, from what I could tell, it was all voluntary coming over for, for work. Uh, or at least this one line of, of history. It's the one, the one, uh, the one name coming down. Uh, so yeah, so I think it was, it was all voluntary stuff. So was this the Shuttleworth name or is this? No, this is my, this is on my mother's side. This is a Stanley name. So it all comes down and eventually gets to me. There you go. Very good. Amazing. Very good. All right. So, uh. You got something that you're quickly thankful for? Well, I'm thankful for fog this morning. I love fog. We got a foggy morning this morning. Oh, it was, it was amazing. glorious. Was outside and uh, I walked outside and you could feel the fog. You could actually breathe the fog in and fog just makes the world look amazing. Particularly, you know, when you get that yellow glow as the sun comes through it. This is a reminder. You're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Coming up in today's news, we are going to be looking at the United States Commission on Religious Freedom updating their list of the worst countries in the world as far as religious freedom goes. A couple of uh, a number of significant names being added to that list, but then of course a number of countries that are improving in the areas of religious freedom and liberty. We're going to discuss the new app. Um, And if we get time, we might look at uh, a quick corona update. This is Chris McCallany with Breathe On Me, Breath of God. Breathe on me, breath of God.
Chris McClarney with Breathe On Me, Breath of God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We are about to have the first clue for our quiz. What have you got we for us there, We are Liam? indeed. So this is a what number am I? Here we go. Elijah challenged this many prophets of Asherah who ate at Jezebel's table. Elijah challenged this many uh, prophets to of Asherah who ate at Jezebel's table. And that is correct, Lyle. So that means that the double prize is not up for grabs. However, if you do know the answer that you and you call us up on 1-800-324-843 or you send us a text at 0491-064-669 uh, and you are the first person in with the correct answer this morning, we're going to be sending you a copy of it's a bit boring oh, and it's a bit blurry. I've got to make sure that I can see it properly. Uh, Mc, uh, the McDougall's All You Can Eat Vegetarian Cookbook by John and Mary McDougall. So, yeah, once again, uh, things that we need to, you know, cooking is, is something that we're relying on nowadays. So this is something that would certainly help with that. So, yeah, if you know the answer to that, give us a call. Ah, fantastic. So what's happening in the world of positively, positively different news there, Liam? I, um, I've been spending a lot more time on, on social media than I typically would in the past couple of months, both because... Yeah, I've seen my screen time go up a bit too. Yeah, and, you know, that's... Disappointing. It's both because, you know, in radio, you know, constantly looking for news stories, but also because I need to... 
I, I need to, you know, there's nothing else to do. There's nothing else to do. So I need to be able to find to do things. And there was one thing that I stumbled across yesterday on social media that actually it, it amused me. And it, it, it posed the question, all right, it posed the question, what would things be like in Bible times if there were dating apps? <laughs> how, right. would, how would things be different? And I came across, uh, there was this one particular one that I came across, and it was, for example, Lot. What would Lot's uh, you know, dating app profile or, or bio be if he was on there? And it, it, the one that came up this with... Is, this is after he lost his wife. After he lost his wife, yes. Um, it was after he lost his wife. I want someone who goes through life without looking back... Recently widowed, no solitary girls, please. <laughs> okay. You know, based on, on, you know, that his wife did look back and turn salty. Uh, Ruth, after, after her husband died, and uh, also before she met uh, Ruth, what was Ruth's husband's name? Um, Boaz. Boaz, that's the one. Starting a new life in a new land, you need to be mature, secure, and financially stable. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's just little things that... And not racist. And not racist. No, not racist at all. Adam, I would give up a rib to meet the right person. My hobbies include gardening and being with animals. Always willing to try new foods, including apples. <laughs> uh, Solomon is another one. I'm smarter than everyone, LOL. I'm also rich and can always use another couple of... People to Solomon wasn't the best when it came to his, you know, dating life. He wasn't the best example. So that one's probably not the best example. Um, Daniel, this one's a, a very I quite enjoyed this one. Straight edge vegan. I'm looking for a girl into dreams and interpretation. Government employ, employee. I like cats. <laughs> As in, okay, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Lions. Big cats, big, big cats, cats, big uh-huh, cats. I, indeed. It took me, it took me a second on that one. So yeah, I just. It just baffled me. It, was, it, it amused me. And um, what would times be like back then if they ha- if they had the the technology of today? So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yep. uh, 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 yeah. But the whole something, time, something different. The something whole time, different. I was asking myself. You know, we we often see social media. It can it can be quite a dangerous thing if you if, you know if you spend too much time invested in it or you spend too much time. Uh, dwelling or, or you know you can get distracted from absolutely the real life it really can um, uh, it's a it's one of the it's one of the curses of our generation absolutely. in many ways uh, but in recent times it has been able to show a positive light on social media you know it's been able to connect people and it's been able to make sure that you know through social media you, know, you can talk to people uh, and right now talking to people is something that we all need something that we all cherish and there's you know I talk to my grandparents I wouldn't be able to do that without social media. Um, and so right now, I think... Well, you know, back in the day... Back in the day, they, back had, in the day, they did have phones. And yeah, I used to... I can remember back in the day when we had this thing called the telephone. The you telephone. Could, you could talk over the telephone. And even before that, you had, you know, your, your posts, your, your letters and mail. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, before that, you it's had... not quite the same. Pigeons. Yeah, phone and, was, phone and was pretty before good. before that, donkeys. And before that, you could go for a walk down the road for however long you needed to walk to get to where you needed to deliver a message. But... I of course, when we had Spanish flu back in the, the day, we also didn't do lockdowns. So. No, we didn't. You just, you know, winged it. And, and um, just tried to see how it all go. Winging a prayer, yeah. Indeed. Um, but yeah, I just, in a time where social media receives a lot of criticism, I think in the past month, it has been able to, it has been a positive thing. 
Um, there has been, obviously, there's always going to be negative things on social media, but some people just can't keep their head straight. But there, there has been some uh, quite a significant increase in, in positive things over the, the, the past months. And, you know, no doubt when, you know, everyone starts going outside again, the negativity will probably come up again, which is just a way of life, unfortunately, getting into the, the end time events that we are in. Uh, you know, we're coming to the end of our days. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just something that I, that I love. And, and another thing that I saw on social media last night that, um, that I also loved was this, this guy from, I think he's from South California that was sending, he had this really, really positive message. And, um, I just thought that I'd, I'd play this for everybody this morning just because of, of how powerful I thought it was. And just to remind everyone that right now, there's only, it's, it's a way of life that we need to be thinking of right now just to make sure that we stay on track and we keep our head together. So, yeah, just have a listen and enjoy. Morning, y'all. Have you ever had somebody send you something that was just too good not to share, but maybe a little too much to type? Well, my dad sent me something the other day, and I thought it was awesome, so I was just going to share it with you. If you take this basketball right here, you put it in my hands, yeah, it's worth about 15 bucks. That's it. But you put that basketball in the hands of LeBron James, it's worth about 30 or 40 million. You take this football right here, and put it in my hands, it's worth about, I don't know, 10, 11 dollars, probably. You put it in the hands of Peyton Manning, it's worth about 50, 60 million dollars. Depends on whose hands it is. You take this golf club right here, you put it in my hands, ah, it might be worth 50 bucks, maybe. You put it in the hands of Tiger Woods, though, it's worth 80 million. You see, it depends on whose hands it is. If I have a stick in my hand, a rod in my hand, I might could beat away an animal or a wild animal or something trying to come at me. But you put it in the hands of Moses and it parted the Red Sea. You put a slingshot in my hands. It just becomes a kid's toy. You put it in the hands of King David and he slays the giant with it. See, it depends on whose hand it is in. And, you know, two fishes and five loaves of bread would feed me with some bread left over. You put it in the hands of Jesus, and it feeds thousands. Depends on whose hands that it's in. If I had a couple of nails in my hand right now, I might would build you a birdhouse, if you're lucky. Might nail down a piece of wood. But you put them same nails in Jesus' hands, and it leads to salvation and eternal life for folks who love him and folks who trust him. You see, it depends on whose hands that it's in. And your worries and your cares and the things that's got you stressed out, if you leave them in your hands, that's all they're ever going to be. But if you put them same worries and cares and your problems in the hands of Christ, he's going to see you through it. He's going to take care of every need that we got. Y'all take care and have a blessed day. But just remember, it depends on whose hands that it's in. Give everything you got to God and let him handle it for you. Take care. We love you. Jesus scatters the seeds of his kingdom. Far and wide he announces new birth. I the Lord of creation am making new every year. Of the groaning Like the smallest of seeds In the winter Is the 
has its song But the powers of hell Shall against it fail When the kingdom of God is grown Oh, we wait for the Lord of the harvest And we long for our King to appear Even now in our hearts By the Spirit's power The kingdom of God His kingdom in the hearts of the poor and the weak. He declares to the captives, I bring good news. You shall be mighty oaks of strength. Oh, we wait for the Waters pour, and behold, on the banks grows a tree of life, where the nations are healed and restored. Though we wait for the Lord of the harvest, and we long for our King to appear. Even now in our hearts By the Spirit's power The kingdom of God is That was Wendell Kingborough with Seeds of the Kingdom. You're listening to The Breakfast Show and Liam is about to give us a second clue for our quiz. What I number am, am I? Indeed. This is... Okay, so what number am I? Gamaliel told how Theodos and this many of his followers came to nothing because they were not of God. Um, I must have... Gamaliel. Gamaliel, Gamaliel. and Theodos. Theodos. That's the name you're looking for right there. If you know the story, you'll find it uh, in the book of Acts. There's an extra clue for you. And you'll be able to find that number. What number am I? Give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843. You'll definitely have bragging rights for that one. Or text us on 0491-064-669. And there will be a prize coming your way. Indeed. McDougal's All-You-Can-Eat Vegetarian Cookbook. Okay, so the big question I have for you this morning, Liam, is... Okay, what is it? The app. The app. Do you uh, have the I app? I do not and, have the app. Okay, and why? Uh, there's just... I... Yeah, look. I just I just can't see the point in it. I, I mean, I can see the point in it, but it's, it's just not something that tickles my fancy. I am not convinced uh, that 
it is look the way I see it so long as I adhere to social distancing rules and uh, proper uh, cleaning proper you know uh, quarantine rules I shouldn't have an issue that's okay. sort of how I see things yes all right uh, then why why would you be afraid of the app oh I'm not afraid of it I just don't see the point of it and Okay, but there's a lot of experts out there, you know, uh, that have, you know, put a lot of effort into they this have, too. And, they and, have. And, and have brought out some very good research to say that this is a very worthwhile thing to be involved in. It's just one of the... It comes back to that, uh, that classic argument, can you trust the government? Can you trust the government? And for me personally, at the end of the day... I probably could, but I'm choosing not to. <laughs> okay, so let's say, let's say that you can't trust the government. Let's say you can't trust the government. And I agree, we can't trust the government. Yep. Um, we're all on the same page there. I think the whole of Australia is on that page. Uh, then what harm can the government do with this app? They, it's not necessarily what they can do. It's what other people can do. Because they, you know, they talk about, yes, this is a cure, this is, you know... All right, so let's say a malicious hacker gets hold of it. What harm are they going to do with the app? They could use my information to find me mm-hmm. and... Then do what? Uh, and rob me and come, of, to, of, come of. to my house because uh, they, they see where I, I am most often. There's like a hotspot of, of... Okay, so are you a target for being robbed? Like are you a wealthy person who... I could is be. A, is, is, a, is a target for being robbed? I could robbed? be a random person that they just pick out of pick out of a hat, that they come and, and decide, yes, this is me. See, or see, I don't know. I you, could, could be, you, you could be a target for reasons that I don't know. I could also go... I could also regularly be going to a certain location or whether it's a location of interest or a location that has got uh, valuable goods... And they know that because I go there quite, or they could assume that because I go there quite often on a regular basis, that I've got something to do with that place, or I've got money associated with that place, or I've got goods. For, I have, yeah. Suddenly, I'm intrigued with your life. You never know. Because <laughs> I'm sort there's, of looking at my life, and I'm sort of thinking to myself, you know what? If somebody used this app maliciously and they came after me for money, well, I don't have any money, so what are they going to get? Um, if they came after me for you know spam, well, I get lots of spam anyway, and I've got this button on my phone, which is a red button, which is the hang-up button. So um, I, 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 whenever I get call, calls like that, I... I try to get them to push that red button. <laughs> I as don't know much as I can. I don't know. You can always when you when you pick up the phone, you can hear those voices in the in the background. It's like, yep, push the red button. Yes. Now, this, somebody important that will call this back. This app that we are talking about is, of course, the COVID uh, COVID, COVID, safe. COVID safe app. And yeah, have you downloaded the app? Yes, you have. I have. Oh, very good. Okay, so now do I trust Do I trust that the government won't misuse it? No, I don't trust that the government won't misuse it. Do I trust that? Uh, okay, okay, so the, here's, here's the thing. You know, name an app that is out there that hasn't been, you know, a, a major app that hasn't been abused in some way or some form. You know, you look at Facebook, for instance. We all have Facebook. And uh, their stated, you know, marketing model is that they use that information to provide targeted advertising for you and to create create for you an echo box where all you ever really hear is your own voice bouncing back at you. That's That's their publicly stated business model. Has our has our as far as sorry if I could yeah, uh, no, no. 
Uh, you, you, you go, you go. I was like, just going to say, has our Faith FM app ever had anything like that? Uh, we, obviously, we've got a Faith F- uh, the Faith FM app. If you'd like to download it, it's Faith FM Australia. It's a white background with a red squiggly line. Has that app ever had anything negative uh, affected to it? Okay, I, did, from... I did mention major apps. Okay, major. Well, and it's not major enough yet to count. I'm talking about <laughs> you know, your big ones out there. We've had... Uh, a couple, couple of million YouTube's. downloads of the COVID Safe app, and we're not up to that yet with Faith FM Australia. So jump on There's there, time. download that app, and, and see if you can get us up there to that particular point. But, you know, I sort of think about it. My tax file number has way more information attached to it because all you've got to do is punch in my tax file number, and instantly you can know where both of my cars have been at any given time throughout the year. Yeah. Simply, you know, because I've got a GPS tracker that I use for my tax purposes. And anybody who keeps a logbook is giving all of that information to the government and you are freely trackable and freely available to be tracked right there through, you know, that, through your tax file number. So it's a little bit like this. Yes, I do see that these kind of things are a sign of the times in which we live. Every time there is a crisis, there is a certain erosion that takes place. But at the same time, hey, if it can be helpful, you know, really, what are they going to do with it? Um, we just need to, I think the important thing that we need to do at this point in Earth's history is to recognize where these things are going, but not to be afraid of them or of the future. Because the reality is the Bible says that much, much worse things are going to take place in the future in relation to our religious liberty than the COVID safe app. Will it work? I don't know. Uh, do I care? It took me like 30 milliseconds to download it. If it does, and if it does some benefit, then hey, go for it, whatever. That's kind of my attitude towards it. It's interesting that uh, I was listening to a professor from uh, ANU, Australian University, yesterday who was saying that you know it, it was open to, a little bit more open than some of the apps that are out there to be being hacked. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it, um, it's kind of like, you know, They've they've developed it quite quickly, haven't they? It's it's you know a matter of days. Well, they've been able oh, to, weeks, sorry. There's so many other um, previous apps that they've been able to build off. Yeah, you know it hasn't taken not. It's a very simple app. It's not a difficult um, one to create, and so many other countries already have one that's up and operating. So you can you can basically build off those and improve on them, and that's pretty much what we've done. It is interesting that it's um you know the the involvement of Amazon I find particularly interesting. But, yeah, if you're on Facebook and you have a tax file number, you know, what the, the amount of information that you're giving up in this app is absolutely minuscule. Yeah, you know, I think if, um, I, I, I think if the government bought me a new phone, I'd consider doing it. Just, you know, try and get it. You've got to try and get some benefit out of this. And, um, yeah, so government, uh, if you're listening. So, so, this, so, so it's not about uh, principle here. <laughs> You're not, not objecting to this on the basis of principle and, you know, social More convenience and religious and, else. and civil liberties. More convenience. It's just a niggling feeling in the bottom of just your gut a, there somewhere. Just a, just a feeling, you know, just a feeling. I get feelings every now and then. And nine times out of ten, those feelings, are, they, they, they are correct. Okay, so the United States Commission on Religious Freedom has uh, just released their latest list and placed India... At the top of the list as the greatest threat to religious liberty in the world right now. Really? Why Why is that? Uh, India, well, because of their legislation that they passed um, several months ago, 
which was their uh, Citizenship Amendment Act, where they made several million of their citizens stateless. Because of their religion. Because of their religion. 100% because of their religion. So uh, it basically blocks Muslims from uh, receiving citizenship. And so if you are a Muslim living in India and you don't have a passport, now you are stateless because you can't apply for that passport. So what's the, what's the main religion in India? It's Hinduism. Hinduism. Yeah. So obviously that'll, that'll be hunky-dory. They oh, yeah, there's issues. a fast track. There's a fast track. Anybody coming into India who is a Muslim uh, gets fast-tracked through to citizenship. And so, yeah, quite restrictive right there. A number of other nations that um, Sudan and Uzbekistan have been lowered one tier, which is interesting. Uh, but Saudi Arabia is still putting out textbooks saying Jews and Christians are the enemies of Islam. So uh, major U.S., uh, rival right there, and China is placing uh, sanctions on those countries that are criticizing its persecution of religious minorities. Interesting world. This is Chris Rice, come now, founder of Every Blessing. Come thou, fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, here by thy great help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of god he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood day when freed from sinning I shall see thy lovely face clothed then in blood washed linen how I'll sing thy sovereign grace come my Lord no longer tarry take my ransom soul Send thine angels now to carry me to realms of endless day. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I am constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. 
Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. That was Chris Rice with Come Thou Found of Every Blessing. Before we go to our interview of the day, Liam has another clue for our quiz. What number I am do I? indeed. The Lord told Abraham that this uh, sorry, the Lord told Abraham that his descendants would be enslaved for this many years. How many years were the descendants of Abraham enslaved? Okay, so this morning we're looking for uh, not a small number. Uh, no, 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 not not indeed. Usually the numbers that we have uh, are, you know, smaller. Yeah. But this, this one... Is, this is not a single digit number. We're one, not looking for a single digit number. This one is up there. Right. So if you know what the answer is, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can send us a text at 0491-064-669 and we'll be sending you a prize. Joining us this morning on the phone for our weekly update on emotional health is uh, David Haupt. And before David uh, gets into the subject of the day... We just want to mention that we're going to be talking about the subject of suicide and we'd just like to put it out there that if this is something that may be confronting for you, that this is what we are going to discuss. Uh, Lifeline is 131114 is the number to call if you are having um, you know, dark and, and um, suicidal thoughts at, at, a, at such a time as this. So I just want to put that number out there and I'll repeat that number again at the end of the uh, interview. David, welcome to the show. Good morning, Lyle and Liam, and uh, good morning to your listeners. Good to be with you again. Now, David, this is a pretty heavy subject we're taking up today. It is a heavy subject, but it is a very appropriate subject for the time in which we live at the moment, especially as people self-isolate. I just because noticed one of the uh, one of the one of the major um, COVID nineteen doctors leading the charge in New York just. Uh, died from suicide and the parents just said that you know that this person just ran out of emotional emotional fuel that's correct in other words that ability to bounce back after major stress in our life uh, how long have our medical world not been under major stress at the moment and the more stress you have the and and the less resilience you have the greater the chance for a person to to have an option of of suicide not that mm-hmm. it is an option um so you you know we we think that our world that have more entertainment today would in actual fact diminish um, suicide rates in, in our world, more abilities to be able to communicate with each other. But in the midst of all of this technological advances that we've made, we see that suicidality and mental disorder actually is increasing. Mm. And um, you wonder why. Is it possible that uh, we use media today to um, and technology today instead of really connecting with people that we actually mask our emotional feelings and our struggles? And it's one of the things that we've seen with, you know, as we were discussing social media earlier, social media has been, you know, great to be able to keep in contact during lockdown. 
but it's certainly for the last decade or so driven people apart. It is a very much a form of escapism. You will uh, often, if you, once we've, you know, unlocked ourselves again and we're able to go and sit in, in a restaurant, observe how many people sit around their table, each one with their phone communicating with someone who's not present. Mm, yeah. Which is a tragic sign of the time in which we live. It's one of those things that we have uh, that rule when we go out to a restaurant, put all the phones in the middle of the table, first person to touch it pays for the meal. Uh, <laughs> That's a fantastic rule. Fantastic rule. Yep. It uh, definitely is one of those ways of you know making sure that we actually get real quality social interaction. You, you know, Lyle, the the, the uh, suicide rates in Australia had slowly started to drop down, but what is very interesting is that the suicide rates amongst young people started to grow. Which and is what, alarming. What would be driving that? Why is it that it's growing amongst that particular demographic? Because, I mean, in the past few years, of course, we've seen very high suicide rates amongst farmers. The fear that I have right now is that, you know, tour operators and, and, and people in the tourist industry will start to follow down that same path. Um, but young people, why is it that growing amongst young people? It's interesting that people that do commit suicide or do attempts to commit suicide actually do not want to really die. They, they just want release from the emotional strain and they do not see another way out. And, and therefore the, the thing that is mostly required for these people is someone to enter their life to say to them, hey, let's look for another way out. In other words, I, uh, while there are, are multiple reasons why this is happening, I think it boils down to a core issue, namely that people do not see hope. Mm. They can't see beyond the, uh, the calamity, the problem of the now. Okay. They, they don't see tomorrow. If, if, if and with that situation, you know, we've all been encouraged, and there's this whole movement to ask people, you know, are you okay? Which is a great thing to do, particularly when we see people that you know we might suspect that they are starting to lose hope, and they're feeling down, and you know. Uh, now, the question that has always gone through my mind is, how do I respond respond when they when somebody turns around and says, "Well, actually, no, I'm not okay." Mm. It's quite interesting to to, to test this uh, as as you connect with other people, and uh, people say ask you the question, "Are you okay?" and and try it out. Say, uh, you know, no, I'm not, and see what the reaction is. Often you will find that people will just, "Oh, that's okay, that's good," because they we we ask that question not really interested in what the answer will be. We assume what the answer will be. So, as I often uh, lecture on the topic of suicide prevention, um, I often get people that say to me, I can never encroach on uh, or impose on the, this highly confidential and privacy of someone by asking them, are you considering that life is not worth living? But you know, Lyle, that that is most probably the the most caring question to ask when you realize that someone is going through a tough time so we start off with are you okay and it's like no and then your your next step is you know are you 
feeling like life is not worth living. And let's say that somebody says, look, I'm having suicidal thoughts. Where do we go I, to uh, from there? In other words, I will test. If they would say, well, yes, I am considering uh, that life is not worth living, I will ask them that question straight out. In other words, does this mean that you are contemplating to end your own life? Hmm. Now, once again, is that too confronting? I would like to suggest that it is most caring. And I've had people that have responded to me and, and said, David, thank you for asking that, that question. No one has cared so much to confront me. A, a book that transformed the way that I work with people is the book written by Augsburger with the title Caring Enough to Confront. Now, confrontation doesn't need to be first, you know, uh, that you've made ready to box, but it is really coming to stand next to a person and say, I care about you and I want to journey with you. Tell me, where are you? What space are you in right now? Now, let's say that that person says, yes, I'm contemplating. Um, and, and it has really become an option for me to, to think about suicide. The next step that I would take is ask them whether they've got a plan. Now, let's say that someone feels that life is not worth living, but they have no plan to enact um, they are most probably battling with depression. And I know that I need to help them to, to get in contact with someone that can help them with depression mm -hmm. um, sure. or help them to deal through that dark patch in their life. But if they have a plan, I want to take a next step. And that is, do you have the means? So if someone has the means to execute a plan that they already have made. I know that I cannot just sit idly by. I cannot let go of that person, not before I've gotten help for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that means that they are like right at the edge of being, you know, critical, um, you know, critically in danger. Now, when you talk exactly. about getting help for that person, obviously you're a qualified counsellor. You're somebody who can provide that kind of help. You know, the average person like myself is not a qualified counsellor. Uh, where would we go to provide, you know, help provide help for that kind of that person in that situation? Before I go there, I, I want to caution our listeners never to to uh, conspire along with that individual. Don't ever make promises like, uh, this will be a secret between yourself and me. Because at this critical point, uh, you need additional help to, to come in. Yes. And by, by uh, you know, conforming to, to, to keep that a secret actually helps them on that process of executing the, the decision. Um, now, the question is, how can I, you know, help a person like that? I would suggest that they either ask them whether they have a medical doctor that you can phone for them. Um, there has been cases where I have, at, at a highly critical moment, uh, said to a person that I care so much about them, and that is true. I care about people. And they, they very quickly pick up on that. But I would say to them, I cannot allow them to go through with this. I want to help them. I want to help them to look for other means and options out of this. Uh, Lyle, I believe that out of our greatest 
crisis, God still has a thousand ways to solve our most difficult experience. Now, a person that is has come to the point of being suicidal, uh, do not see those options out. They, they, they do not see them, and therefore, they've reached the point where they feel that suicide is the only way out. Now, taking them to a GP is, is a way to deal with it. Um, in a critical or, or even to the emergency department of the hospital or getting them onto the emergency suicide emergency helpline or lifeline so that someone can talk to them. Now, th there's a callback service. If that callback service is not responding, I know that I can't let that, pe that person be or leave my presence. And if they are unwilling to get into a car with me or go with me for professional help, what I do at that moment, I dial my phone, triple zero. I put the microphone up put the phone in my pocket. I don't say anything. I just communicate with this individual and I continue without responding to uh, the triple zero call. I'm not asking for fire police or, or for ambulance. I just keep on saying to, to Joe Blow, says, Joe, so in other words, here we are. I give the address. You, uh, We are standing here. You are telling me that the moment that you walk away from my presence, you're going to end your own life. You've reached the point where you do not want to live anymore. Here we are. I give the address, give the person's name, and I just keep on talking. Now, my phone line is open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The operator on the other side. Yeah, they're trained to be able to respond to that. And, and they will very quickly pick up that this is a call for help. Mm -hmm. And very soon, help will arrive as I clearly give the address. I, I, I give the, um, the, the, the situation. I describe the situation while in actual fact, I'm talking to the person in front of me. Mm, that's a yeah. now. Now I have never really reached that point that I had to do it because the mere fact that you are willing to ask the people, the person, the right questions and help them to look for other options and and as well as support them to go to help, most people will appreciate that and will actually accept the help. And I think that's a, an important thing, the important point you've brought up because in your experience, you've never had to go that far, but you are a tra trained counsellor and many of us who are sort of sitting here thinking, well, I'm not a trained counsellor. How do I talk somebody down to the point where I can talk them into my car and get them to medical help? Then this is a very, very good option that you've just outlined for us right here where we can actually get help and stay with the person and make sure that they don't come to harm uh, before help arrives. I would also suggest look for leverages, see whether there are family members of that individual that you could call, that you could invite to come in to help. I would look for things that are important in that person's life that they can live for. I, uh, a while ago, worked with a a individual, and I'll be careful what I say, uh, I worked with an individual who had a number of kids, reached the point that he didn't want to live. And I asked the individual, how much is each one of 
uh, his children or her children worth to him? And uh, they said everything. I said, are they worth a week, each one a week of your life? They said, of course. I said, how about willing to partner with me uh, to, to, to promise that you will go for help, look for an opportunity way out and that you will not, that you will stay alive a week for each one of your children's lives while we search for help for you. And this person committed to that and later on phoned me up and thanked me and said, um, the moment I got to, to professional help, uh, I saw that there was a myriad of other options available for me. And I think that's the important. Yeah, I think that's the important point right there. Is that there is always a myriad of other options. Just like to encourage our listeners, if you have been um, impacted by this and you are having dark thoughts, one three one 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 four is the life lifeline number, and they can share with you the myriad of other options that are available. Available, David. Thank you so much for joining us and talking about uh, this really important subject of suicide. And right now we're going to continue on. This is Ron and Patty Valiant. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so. I go to prepare a place for you If I go and prepare a place for you I will come again Let not your heart be troubled You believe in God Let not your heart be troubled Believe also in me In my Father's house are many mansions If it were not so I go to prepare a place for you If I go and prepare a place for you I will come again Let not your heart be troubled You believe in God Let not your heart be troubled Believe also in me Let not your heart be troubled You believe in God be troubled, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Say 
Ram.